You're listening to the Super Coin Brothers Podcast. Brought to you by the Super Coin Brothers at Sahara Coins in Las Vegas. What's up, guys? We're back again with another episode of Super Coin Bros. It's Ray and Thomas. And we're going to bring it back to the old school, like an old flow who's so cool. So basically, guys, we had talked about silver stacking in the past and, and why it's a good tactic. But we want to dig a little bit further into that and kind of maybe look into the roots of silver stacking a bit. While still getting some good feedback from people. Um, I believe at our current website, uh, where are we posting this now? Uh, this is actually posting on anchor.fm and then it shoots out to everywhere. So it does go to Spotify, iTunes, basically anywhere you want to listen to a podcast. I really like that voicemail feature that they have there. The one where they can send us a question or a message or a comment. And like, it's just, it's just a quick little recording, quick little zap. There's nothing too much to it, but then we get such good feedback and then you're part of the show. We can Yeah, guys. So definitely hit that up, hit up the, uh, the voicemail feature. Um, and leave your feedback, like you said, because we can use your audio in the show, um, and we'd love to do that. We, you know, we, we definitely want to bring our listeners into uh, what we're doing here. So, yeah, uh, we're back with this, and, and silver stacking has been a topic that repeats itself. I mean, it comes back it, really daily for us. We talk to people almost daily about it. Because we get all types of silver stackers in here, because there's not just the, the post-apocalyptic doomsday prepper guys. There's also the folks who are doing it for a good investment, the buy low, sell high, easy peasy guys. Uh, and gals, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm just using old phrases. I'm not trying to be all exclusive or anything. But uh, we also get uh, the folks who are just planning for that next generation. You know, a lot of people today are buying silver with no intention of selling it themselves but plenty of plans to give it to the kids or grandkids. So they buy it either in triplicate if there's three kids, they buy it if there's like more than a few grandkids, they're just stacking for them in the future. And like, that's a great plan. What was that? We did a formula once about uh, making a college fund out of your, your average stack. That was basically focusing on the dollar averaging. Um, that went that went pretty heavy into not only saving for college, but like the example we had given was a kid that, essentially mowed lawns, you know, uh, in his neighborhood, save 20 bucks a month and then take a percentage of that, put it into silver. And over 15 years or 18 years, I don't remember exactly how long the example was for. Uh, we t- we literally went back 18 years and pulled spot prices every month and looked at what he would have paid then versus what he would have made when he, when he sold it. Um, and it was, it was a good, it was a good profit. Now, silver stackers, most of the time, you're not seeing them purchasing necessarily for profit, but they're putting it away for the just in case. That's to me. I feel like that's probably eighty percent of them. And that's just a mild plan for the uh, for the diverse portfolio. If you take a hit in the stocks over here, you want to counteract that with some silver over there, and like that just makes sense as far as uh, protecting your assets. Right. It, it's getting some silver. My thing about it is it's it's easily liquid. It's liquid. It's <laughs> a very liquid uh, form of investment. It's a solid bar. True. <laughs> but, but but overall, I mean, we look at it and, and look, let's let's go like this. You know, you go buy a thousand dollars in gold, you're getting one gold coin. You buy a thousand dollars in silver, you're going to get, you know, right now about two and a half tubes of silver. Um, the plus there is if you need forty dollars, you have your silver ounces. You can take one or two, go sell them. You need 40 bucks and all you have is that gold coin. 
you're going to be shaving a gold coin. Yeah, I describe that to a lot of customers as if you had the gold coin, the one ounce gold coin, that's like having a hundred dollar bill in your pocket. Like nobody wants to break a hundred. You you do that begrudgingly, you know? Oh yeah. And so if you have your stack at home, you kind of think about it like a cash register. If, if you were even, even the hint of having to do something with a trade or having to sell something in the near future, you want to be able to break it up into like one ounce increments, fives, tens, twenties, or a kilo, maybe a hundred ounce silver bar, but definitely like some one ounce gold bars. So you have some variety and options when the time comes that you have to do a transaction or that you want to do a transaction. Yeah, and, and really talking with a lot of the people that come in to buy the silver and, and even gold, um, you know, we do hear a lot about, you know, when we ask, how did you get into this? What made you want to buy silver? Yeah, we get the people that say, well, well, I researched these websites or, oh, I looked online. But we get a lot of people that say, well, my grandfather told me, you know, my my grandfather's grandfather told him. Um, and really, that, I think, is just a generational thing based on the time period they lived through. Yeah, you survive the Great Depression, you start to hold on to everything valuable. Now, in some families, that means silver and gold. In my family, that means plastic bags under the sink. Those have a good trading value in certain states. There's no value to those except for peace of mind in my family. That That's it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, you know, I look at it, though, with those folks that are buying based on their, you know, their grandparents and, and them kind of giving them that knowledge. I look at it and kind of try to compare it to, you know, the same thing is, is if your dad or your brother or your grandpa, whoever, taught you to change your oil. You know what I mean? You go, you know, I'm, grandpa was right. I can save some money by changing my own oil. These people, on the other hand, are going, my grandpa told me to put money into this because... One, I have it in hand. Two, it's going to be worth something no matter what because it is a precious metal. Um, and three, that just in case rolls back around because they had purchased it. A lot of these older folks had bought it specifically because they went through the depression. They went through these things where the monetary system was really hurting and they had something there to protect them. And remember, the first stackers, they they didn't buy it. They had it set aside because that was U.S. currency issued right. back then was in ninety percent silver. So they just they just saved it. They were conscious of a of an issue that was maybe gonna happen, and then they saw what resources they had right in front of them, and they made good decisions. Yeah, we had a, a customer for years. He was coming in here, um, eighty two year old gentleman who at one point they owned a, a bus depot, and people used to pay them in ninety percent coins because that's what they had. His mother would take all the coins and just save them. She, the dollar bills and things like that, they used and paid the bills and all of that. He was was selling 90% that had been given for a product back then that she had somehow the foresight to hang on to. And, I mean, it helped him financially for years. That's fantastic. There's a couple of really good examples that I like to, to refer back to when we talk about the 90%. Uh, it's that, that 50 cents back in the 1950 would have gotten you a gallon of gas. And then if you look at it today, those same 50 cents made out of 90% silver be about 450, which is still pretty much a gallon of gas. So, yeah, really, it'd be a little more than that. I mean, you'd be almost at $6 right now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I was just being super conservative. Yeah. Know, but, yeah. It, it, It'd get you a gallon of gas in California. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess another 2019 gallon of gas. Yes. yes yeah. yeah. But 2020, who knows? It's true. It's true. You may be a little short at that point. <laughs> but looking into, even further into the newer collectors and folks who are, who are you know, it, let's say early 20s up through their, you know, early 40s. 
Um, maybe some of them didn't have that advice because we were kind of moving into the the digital age of things. I mean, you and I are kind of on the cusp of that where we we kind of grew up in a time period where there were no cell phones, Analog. but we watched them be, we watched them come out. I mean, I played Snake on a, on a Nokia. That where kinda, you could that design your bit. own ringtone, and I miss that. That's true, and you could change the faceplates. Yeah, but those those are things that that I look at now, and I go, we were right in the cusp of that. Things started changing, banking changed, the way that things were done started to change, and you know, getting things like stock became more accessible to people like us. Back Huge when we were young, you had to go to a trader, you had to have all these, you know, there was processes to get things. I don't recall ever really hearing much about gold and silver and coins. I mean, my dad collected coins, but I didn't know until I was a lot older. Um, nobody ever told me. So now I'm seeing a lot of younger younger investors, younger folks looking into that, looking into it on their own. Because we're, I feel like we're now at another turning point where people are going, okay, the digital world is awesome, but how do we back it up? We <clears throat> just just to run on that when you said your family collect, or your dad collected coins, but you guys didn't talk about it. There's a, it's like a social rift because when we got to that digital age, we got all the information all at once. And then all of our parents said, don't talk about the money. Right. Like, I just remember you never talked about where your bills were. You didn't talk about how much you spend on this or that. Like that was considered rude. I'm pretty sure that's universally true, but you lose something when you don't talk about the money. And that's how other people prepare and plan and uh, do their budget, and then you miss out on that lesson. And I feel like a lot of people did. So now we hear all the bankers say, move $20 from your checking into your savings. It'll help you save money. Like, there's other ways to save money than just moving money from your checking to your savings account. I feel like silver is the way to do that. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I feel like the knowledge of it and, and being taught that, that also changed with our generation. I mean, I still had an economics class when I was in school. They still taught you how to deal with your checkbook. They still taught you how to not run up debt. And, and those were things that they really they really harped on. And they did tell us ways to kind of put money other places. Was gold and silver one of the things they taught us in school? No. Do I look at it now and go, is that something I wish I knew then? Absolutely. Um, back then, it was savings bonds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go get a savings bond, let it mature for 18 years, and you're going to have $55. Do you remember learning about CDs? Oh, and, absolutely. And then how they had, like, great 10% interest uh -huh. rates? And those are gone. <laughs> oh, they're absolutely gone. Uh, but back to silver with that, I mean, imagine uh, you and I, let's go back. Think about it. If you were in high school, you know, <laughs> and you had your, your $2 a day lunch money, whatever it is you had, and you would have had that foresight, and you saved half of your lunch money every week and put it into silver, you would have had quite a bit of silver right now or quite a bit of value because of the difference in the market and the way things have played out. Absolutely. Now, picking up that kind of information and, and having a place to learn about stacking and why it's important to put some of your money into silver, and again, you hear me say some, not all, uh, because we also are big on, on letting people know you want to diversify things. I mean, diversification is key when it comes to your money. I have asked people that have never purchased a, sting, a single stock in their life, have they ever heard the phrase diversified portfolio? And almost every one of them has said yes. Absolutely. It's, it's just common sense. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. How's that story go? Like, this is just another one of those things where you tuck a little away for a rainy day. I think my Auntie Joe, old school Italian, northern Italian, where the pesto is from, uh, she would say you put 15% away. Whatever it is, 15% you don't touch. And I feel like that's such a healthy number because if you were able to just, I want everyone at home to just imagine your, your annual income after all your bills, 15% of that number 
what would that do for you over the last 20 years? What would yeah. that number look like? Well, and that's that's exactly it. I mean, you take that 15%, cut it up into other little sections, send some into silver, maybe put some into numismatic coins, put some into actual stock, put some into, you know, anything you want. Taco uh, Bell? Yes, you're going to take about 3.5% for Taco Bell. That I know. <laughs> We've discussed that before in another episode. We have. Uh, <laughs> But it is one of those things, guys, where you know preparation is key, and stacking becomes more than just a game. A lot of folks look at it as a game, and they're like, let's see how many ounces I can put away. Um, but those same people, when the time comes, and they're like, wow, I, you know, I need some money right now. It's not, it's not a searching game. They know they have it. They've put it away. You are not essentially spending your money. You're just turning your money into other money. Another one of my favorite stories from a customer here at the store. Uh, they they buy 100 ounces of one ounce rounds. Then they move over to 100 ounces of one ounce bars. Then they move over to 100 ounces of five ounce bars. Then tens. And then a kilo or three. And then they buy a hundred ounce bar. And it's like a typewriter. Every time they get to the end, they slide it back over to the beginning and start. Oh, Oh, there's a chance some people have never worked on a typewriter and they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, my typing class in high school was on a typewriter. My computer class typing class used typewriter books. I guess that counts. Eh, borderline. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's 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 just there's a a process for everybody, and it depends on what you're comfortable with, what your budget allows, um, and you just want to do it wisely and 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 really make sure that you're you know you're getting into it somehow. I I spaced on that because the guy was doing the hundred and hundred and hundred, and then he got canned from his job. So he used his silver stack to go to school. Now he has a better job, and he's back to doing his hundred, hundred, hundred again. So right. like, the the thing is that no matter what happens with your employment, he had that nest egg to fall back on, and he was self sufficient. That's that's the name of the game here. You got to work with a little bit of a, a safety net. You know, whether it's in stocks, in bonds, savings accounts, or silver. Well, and I feel like this whole thing, as far as, you know, grandparents' advice, and now the younger generation that's starting to look back into this again, I feel like everything's coming full circle, and what's sitting in the center of that circle is just protection. I feel like that's why the grandparents bought it, was for protection. Why are we now looking back into buying silver and buying hard assets? Protection. It's that and a lack of trust in you know the other entities that may hold a piece of paper that says you invested some money, which I'm not saying stocks are bad per se, but I, I personally like to hold my assets. I like to know that I, that I have what I purchased, and the day that I decide to call on my assets to do their job, I have them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of a big one. But I feel like that is one of the main differences, too, we see between some of the older collectors versus the newer, is the older collectors, most of them that I talk to, don't have a lot of faith in not having their hard asset. Whereas some of the younger collectors have a little more faith in the system that they're that what they have on paper is just as good as the hard assets. And who am I to tell you that one isn't, you know, more so than the other? But personally, my my own personal feeling is I do like having what I own in hand. You know, this would be an interesting time to talk to a financial advisor. I feel like there's so many different layers of information out there to get. I would be real curious to pick the brain of somebody in that financial industry and just kind of shoot some of these questions by them and see what other advice they have. Because maybe we haven't heard all the good advice. Maybe you at home have heard some good advice and want to send it to us just to just share a little Easter egg. You know, what was it in your family? In mine, it was the 15%. Uh, and Ray, what was in yours? Mine? Yeah. 
you do you, boo boo. That's what was in my family. <laughs> no, I look. I I grew up basically with my mom. It was just me and my mom, and my mom had to take care of us. She had to take care of her and I, and make sure we were okay. We had a roof over our head. We had food. My mom was literally the one that was like, "Look, I'm working three jobs to make sure you have everything you need." And as I got older, her example was more, "Don't do what I did." You know, she's like, "I took care of you. I made sure you were good," but. Really prepare yourself. Really make sure that you're moving forward and you're, you know, positioning yourself in such a way that you're not going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to struggle to make it. So it was more of a, you know, instead of, you know, let's just put a little aside. It was like, you better put stuff aside. You better watch your finances. You better. It was just a different, you know, large blunt hammer approach. But it was the same advice, really. It was, yeah, it was making sure you understand what you're doing. And make sure that you do something to protect yourself. There was never really a big suggestion of we'll go buy silver, or invest in this, or buy property or any. It was there was nothing, you know, set in stone that way. It was just more overall be fiscally responsible, you know, and make sure that you are doing things that that are beneficial to you. Um, I feel like almost every parent has some sort of advice like that. And when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, 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 okay, I got it. It's just like all your older cousins that are like, if I was in high school, I would have done things completely different. When you're in high school and you're like, yo, listen, what I do on my lunch break is up to me. You don't have any say in that. But then six years after you graduate, you're like, man, I really should have listened to him. You know, and and that's it goes the same with your parents. We all go through the stage where we know everything. And then eventually you're like, man, mom, you know what? Uh, you actually do know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I see it. it <laughs> I think we've all fallen into that at some point. But it, it's the same thing with collecting, same thing with, with silver. You're going to have those folks who tell you in life, like, hey, check out silver, check out gold, check out coins. And what do we usually say when we don't have any clue what they're talking about? That guy's kind of crazy. I wonder how much tinfoil it took to wrap around his head. And now that I've been involved in the industry, I've seen it, I've been around it, and I've you know got a little more experience in it, I look back to some of those conversations and I'm like, man, if only I would have done it when they said it. We have so many customers in here that talk about trying to drag their family in through the front door just to show them what it looks like, just to see what silver looks like. Because once you start to explain what it is, you'll understand. Like, you'll you'll get it. Like, this is a tangible hard asset that has a value at X and that you can save for a, a rainy day. And then you're always going to have that savings account right there with you. And, like, I just... I wish more people would pay attention because it is not the tinfoil hat club. This is the sensible investment club. This is much better. Well, and I feel like, sorry, but everything keeps rolling back to the like grandpa versus younger generation thing for me because that example you just gave is exactly what we see. We'll see like the, you know, the grandfather who's watching the, you know, the 10, 11 year old kid for the day because his parents are doing something, bring them in. And the kids, when they first come in, are like, I'm going to go sit on the couch, play with my iPad. Nope. And when the grandfather, a lot of the time, brings them over and goes, check this out. This is what we spent when I was your age. Now it's worth this much money. We have literally seen the eyeballs of kids just light up oh, because it's it's so fascinating. Absolutely. And it, it, teaching kids at a young age about these things in a manner that is, is relatable, and then they learn more about the finance side of it and the protection side is 
I'm telling you, it's just there's no value you can put on that. I gotta say, with this technological age, because like we're transitioning into that future uh-huh. perspective, uh, we are seeing a lot of that older generation buying the younger generation the silver as a Christmas present. I'm not saying replace all of the toys, but there's more value in an ounce of silver than there is in the piece of plastic that's gonna break by the end of Christmas Day. Now, yeah, you want to get people the toys, of course, but if you can also hit them at the right age where you give them that little bug because i remember when i was a kid and i saw my first silver dollar i was like uh i need that i should have that why uh-huh. can i not hang out with that and then my family's like no 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 that's for grown-ups right <laughs> yeah and you're right we're seeing that a lot now we are really starting to see a lot of people that are coming in and they're, they're literally just saying like look i'm gonna go spend 40 dollars on this toy for little johnny and three weeks later it's gonna be broken so i'm gonna give them silver rounds because one, they can be touched, handled, messed with, and the value doesn't, it's not affected. Um, and it's its almost, it's like the gateway drug to coin collecting. Well, and, and responsibility, because I do see a lot of folks give a kid that's maybe 11 or 12 an ounce of silver or a couple ounces of silver. And like, yeah, that's not, I mean, to some folks, that's not a lot of money, but to uh, other folks, it's a substantial amount. But the idea is if you can give a, an 11-year-old two ounces of silver come back next year and say hey do you still have it did you lose it do you know what it's worth Mm -hmm. do you know what you could trade that for if you wanted to go get your own toy like like all of a sudden you're teaching lessons and getting getting all sorts of stuff in there yeah it comes right back to to that teaching that we learned in economics class you know like hey i gave you this money per se in in silver how have you protected it how has it been kept safe has has it grown in value has it not you know Mm -hmm. these are just little lessons, like you said, and it, but these little lessons go a long way. Those are the things that I know you'll remember as an adult. You know, I remember when my own crazy Uncle Charlie gave me silver coins, and I, really, you didn't know what they were, you know. And then as you get older, you just you can really remember those things, and you start to appreciate crazy Uncle Charlie because everybody's got a crazy uncle. I think I am the crazy uncle. See, there you go. We've all got one. <laughs> but what's interesting, too, is we're taking this new technology to the next level because situational awareness is kind of that underlying theme of all your good advice. It's just be aware. And now you got folks who can jump on the Internet, Google search a couple different things and see a, a world of information. Yeah, it's a it's a big, big, big change in the way things are done now. Um, And I think that everybody has access to it. It's just a matter of knowing where to go to get it. Um, And we're trying to provide a lot of that directly on our website at saharacoins.com through this podcast. Uh, We had a lot of cool stuff coming, um, like we had talked about before, as we have some of the local community business folks that are going to start coming in. Actually, they're going to start coming in this week. Um, We will get some of that stuff up. Uh, We just want to start covering a lot of these topics that are relatively simple topics that just don't get talked about a lot. I would also like to talk about some of the controversial ones, too. Because oh, absolutely. Like, like this J.P. Morgan Chase thing we've talked about in the past where uh, they're, they're getting into trouble for, for market manipulation of precious metals. Uh, it looks like they have a couple of uh, uh, updates on that since the last time we talked about it, too. Uh, there have been arrests, and I'm pretty sure with two people getting arrested in the last month for manipulating the precious metals market, that's, that's more financial people arrested since 2008. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, we we have the one podcast we already did about the J.P. Morgan thing. And now with these updates, it's something that I know we want to research a little bit more, kind of figure out what exactly is going on in this process. And uh, we want to we want to keep you guys updated on that, because this this J.P. Morgan thing, it's it's literally creating an opportunity to buy. It's creating a great opportunity because 
we can't necessarily forecast the market, but the way I look at it from how long I've been doing this is that I don't see how the markets can't turn and go up. Now that they're actually making arrests and pushing forward with this, there's no other way to say that the markets had been manipulated than, I mean, this is cut and dry. Well, I just want to ask the customer, the, the listeners out there, uh, it, do you think that the silver market, specifically silver, has that been artificially manipulated down? Would you say that this is a, a fake low number for silver? Or do you think that this is where silver should be trading at all the time? I know since like the 70s, people have been saying silver is going to go to $200 an ounce. And like we are not saying that by any means of the imagination here. But if $17 an ounce is what you think silver should trade at, I'm curious to know. And if you think it should be at $50 an ounce, I'm super curious to know. And I want to hear why. This is back to that shameless plug. Leave a voicemail right on our podcast. Uh, We'll get it in audio form. If we get enough voicemails about this, guys, we would love to have an episode literally either answering your guys' questions that you leave on on, uh, the voicemail or just, you know, adding to the discussion. So stop by there, guys, anchor.fm, click on the leave voicemail and just drop us a quick message. Um, We would love to hear from you guys. We're going to wrap this one up here. Um, We don't want to keep you guys too long. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of other stuff coming down the pipe that we're working on. So, again, drop us voicemails there. You can stream here. You can stream on Anchor.fm, Spotify, iTunes. I believe we're now on eight platforms. We're appending uh, approval on a few more. We're trying to basically reach you guys everywhere. And we still have the new updated website at saharacoins.com. Come on down. Check that out. Absolutely. Uh, we've got some cool background moving picture things. Yeah. yeah that's perfect. He's very technical. That's uh, so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you guys follow us on the Super Coin Bros Facebook account. Also follow the Sahara Coins Facebook account. And uh, we like to keep in touch with you guys. So send us messages anywhere you'd like to. And we will see you guys on the next episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Super Coin Brothers podcast. Keep up to date with the latest episode releases on Spotify, iTunes, or any of your favorite streaming locations. Make sure to follow us on the Super Coin Bros Facebook page as well as the Sahara Coins Facebook page. If you'd like to contact us or have show recommendations, you can email us at service at saharacoins.net. Once again, thank you for listening to the Super Coin Bros Podcast. Thank you.